We would like to welcome you this morning to Mission Bible Fellowship as Pastor Stuart Guthrie brings a message from God's Word. We hope it challenges, encourages, and strengthens your walk with the Lord. Dear Lord, we come to you today asking for a transformational change in our lives. God, change that works inward first and then outward. Lord, help us to become godly husbands, godly men, godly women that will impact the nations for Jesus Christ. Help us to be the example before men that we might win some to Christ, Lord. Father, I ask that you calm our souls today to give us a peace of mind that we might uh, know about the great mercy and grace that you provide and the peace that is offered only through Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you use me today, empower me and fill me with the Holy Spirit in spite of me. And I ask that you speak the truth of your word. And I ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, it's a blessing to have you this morning. And if you missed last week or if you're just joining us for the first time, we've been working through the book of 1 Peter for several weeks, for 13 weeks to be exact. And this book has been a challenge to many of us as, as Peter has given us many imperatives to follow or you could say commands to do. And so we've looked at submitting to the government under a leader such as Nero. And if you remember, Nero was a leader who killed Christians and, and really made a sport of it. But Peter commands us to submit to that type of government. We've looked at submitting to bad bosses as a slave would submit to his master. And the reality was, is during this time period, not every slave had a good master. Some were bad masters. And the reality is, in our day, we have some bad bosses. But that still doesn't take away the, the idea that Peter calls us to submit to bad bosses. And then last week we looked at Peter's call to submission within the family. And we started out with part one as we looked at the wife's responsibility in that part of submission. And the first thing we looked at was their responsibility to submit unto their husbands as unto the Lord. This was not a, a, a submission that's based off of circumstances, just like our submission based off of our circumstances in the government and in a bad boss is not acceptable. We still must respond to submission to our authority. And so we see that he also, we also talked about the wife's role in modesty within the family and how he found, God found this inward beauty that they could possess more important, more valuable, precious in his sight, it says, than the outward appearance that many are concerned with. He wasn't so much concerned with the outward appearance, but the inward appearance, which would result in a gentle and quiet spirit. And there were the best tools he said that we could use as women or you as women could use to reach your lost husband for the sake of Christ. Well, last week we told you that we would be talking about men this week. We looked at women and so last week if you nudged your wife, be ready because she's probably going to nudge you today. We've been building on this outline, if you remember, that deals with Peter's response to the Christian submission. This is the section that we've been going through. And so we looked at submission in government, submission in the workplace, and now we're in submission in the family part two. We see the husband's responsibility in that as well. Well, without delay, let's get it right into the text this morning. If you will, turn with me to your book. Your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, we'll be looking at one verse alone today, and that is verse 7. 
First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. And I'm reading from the New American Standard. If you don't have your Bible, there's a slide there that you can follow along. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says this, You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives, in an understanding way as with someone weaker since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir, the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Now I want to clarify one thing that just because there is one verse to men and six verses to women has no inclination of that, that theirs is more important than ours. This one verse is just as important as the six is to women. We have to remember in the culture in which Paul, or Peter was writing to these people, uh, he probably spent more time on women because they were the most likely to be oppressed and struggling to deal with the authority that was placed over them. And so there are two things that today that I want you to get from this text. Two things that I think will help you in your family is as we look at, at husband's responsibility and Peter's call to submission in the family. First off, we see the husband's role in the relationship. We see the husband's role in the relationship. And secondly, we see the husband's role in companionship. What is the most important relationship you can have, men, in your family? What is the most important relationship that you can have in the home? If you think it's your wife or your kids, while those are very important, they are not the most important relationship that you can have within your home today. The most important relationship that you can have, period, is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Number one, the husband's role in the relationship. We need to make sure that we understand as men the role in the relationship in the home. He says here in the first part of, of, of verse 7, he says, You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way. And so the question we have to ask ourselves is, what is that way? Well, in the same way that you submit into the government that is corrupt, in the same way that slaves submit into a bad master, and in the same way that women submit into their husbands, in this same way you do this unto the Lord. So you also in the same way do this to your wives and to the Lord. We must take hold and understand that we submit to government. Bad bosses and wives to the husbands for the Lord's sake. Not because of, our, uh, because of the people who we're serving has earned it. Because it's our mandate from God that we are to submit to the authority that's been placed over us. And because it's our service to the King of kings and Lord of lords, this is your calling. In the same way that you serve Jesus through submitting, so you see that Jesus served through submitting through the Father. And so men are called to live with their wives in an understanding way. Listen, this passage now, don't mis misunderstand me, does not teach that men are, should be submissive to their wives. It's not saying that in the same way that women are submissive to their husbands, so men should be submissive to their wives. No, you will not find that teaching in the New Testament. But it's simply telling us that there's a new uh, address being addressed, a different group being addressed. Now, I don't doubt that there are some of you here today, some men, uh, that, that are having hard times in the home. But just as Peter called women to submit unto a bad husband, so he calls you to live with your wives in an understanding way. It's not 
based off of our circumstances. Men are not off the hook because we have a bad wife. And women aren't off the hook because they have a bad husband. The reality is it's a commandment from the Lord to submit. And a commandment to the Lord to live with their wives in an understanding way. The question that we must ask ourselves here is what does it mean? What does it mean to live with our wives in an understanding way? That don't mean you have to say yes dear all the time. That doesn't mean you give your wife everything that she wants. That's not what it's talking about when it's talking about live with her in an understanding way. The Greek word here, kataganosin, means this. It is what is known concerning divine things and human duties. It's, it's objective. It's not subjective. It's objective knowledge, understanding, knowledge. The Greek word there comes from gnoso, to know, knowledge. And so to look uh, at Christ should be the main center of our focus in the marriage. Our focus should be on Christ. Christ should be the focus on our minds while we're living with our wives. It is knowledge, knowledge of God. And He knows the will. Because He's placed it. And we need to know the will of God. The knowledge is a gift from God. This knowledge is revealed to us. And so He says, live with your wives in an understanding way. With a Christian knowledge. Understanding your human duties concerning the divine things God has called you to do. Now, we as husbands should approach our marriage relationship intellectually. We shouldn't just live our lives without thinking about our wives or thinking about their needs, but we should deal with it intellectually. One commentator said this, Husbands then should live together with their wives informed by the knowledge of God's will of what He has demanded them to do. The question that we have to ask ourselves is, are you informed as husbands here this morning of what God calls us as men to do with our wives. Let's take a trip to Ephesians chapter 5 verses 25 to 30. Here we find God's demands on how we are to live with our wives. He says this, Ephesians 5, 25 to 30, we got slides, you can follow along, you don't have to flip. 25 says this, Husbands, love your wives. So we're called to love our wives. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself up for her. This is a self-sacrificial love. So that He might sanctify her. We are called as husbands to be a part of our wives' sanctification process. Allowing her to become more into the image of Jesus Christ. Having cleansed her by the washing of water with the Word. We are called to wash our wives over with the Word of God. That He might present to Himself the church in all of her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. We are to help in the process of seeing that she is holy and blameless. And so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. We should love our wise men as we love our own selves. And I can think that we're probably all pretty good about loving ourselves. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. You see, we are to nourish our wives. We are to cherish our wives. 
just as Christ does the church. He's a constant act of repentance and forgiveness in the house of God. Because we're all sinners, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. And so daily we have to go to the Lord in repentance. And daily we have to be forgiving to our wives. Just as Christ is to the church. Because we are members of His body. Your wife is a member of the body of Jesus Christ just like you are. Just like I am. And we're to love our wives as Christ loved the church. Self-sacrificially. And we need to love our wives that way. We need to lead them. We need to encourage them. We need to water them in the Word of God. When is the last time that you've loved your wife self-sacrificially? You can only answer that. I don't know your heart. You may say, well, I go to work every day. Well, listen, many of your wives work just like you. Many stay home. And they watch kids all day long. They teach them. They change diapers. They feed. They clean the house. They wash the clothes. They clean the toilets. They work hard all day long. As a matter of fact, they're on 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They never get a day off. Unless we as the husband step in and allow them to have some free time for themselves. It's more self-sacrificial Listen to listen to what our wives have to say. To come to an understanding of their wives' needs. Through the God-given ability to experience and learn just who your wife really is. One said this way, The proof that you love your wife is not that you have some emotional feeling about her. The proof that you love your wife is in your actions. Your words, your sacrifice, your willingness to give it all, listen, without expectation in return. Because just as the wives are called to submit, so you're called to love your wives, regardless if she loves you back. Because your love to your wife is service to your king. And that will bring about change in the person. In God's timing, not our timing. That's what Jesus did. Listen, you are the head of woman. And you were called to lead her and to help sanctify her. To draw her close to God. To water her in His Word. To make sure that she is holy and blameless. But so many men are caught up in what their wives are not doing that they cannot take care of their own responsibility as being a husband. They don't know the Word. Because you're not teaching them. You're not training them up in the way that they should go as a wife. To keep them holy and blameless before men. They don't feel loved because you're not loving them with self-sacrificial love. Maybe you're concerned about yourself more than you're concerned about her. And we're so concerned about ourselves that we can't do our own job. Jesus Christ, if you remember, is our example. Men, Jesus Christ is our example. He wasn't so caught up in Himself there in the garden that He forgot about His focus on saving all men, bringing them to Himself through the work on the cross. He died for sinners, not saints. You love your wives like Christ loved the church, enough to give up your life. 
your desires, your dreams, your enjoyment. You live with her, learning who she is and understanding her needs. And you know the word used here for live was referred to a sexual relationship as well. Now I know there's little ears in here so we won't go any deeper, but you need to give her what she needs emotionally and physically. And what we have here in 1 Corinthians 7, 4-5 says this, Wives do not have authority over her own body, but her husband does. And likewise also the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Stop depraving one another except by agreement for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. And come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Listen, there's a warning here, folks. Marriages fall apart every day because the people in the family, the husband and the wife, are not fulfilling their roles to one another. And husbands, you need to make sure that you're trying to fulfill this with your wife. Live with your wives in an understanding way. As someone weaker since she is a woman. Listen, the most obvious meaning that Peter has here when he says this is that women are weaker than men in terms of strength. I can't really find anything in Scripture that teaches us anything else. They're not weaker in value. They're not weaker spiritually. They're not weaker emotionally, but physically. And you are to protect her. You are her protector. God has placed you with this woman. A gift from God. And Proverbs talks about what a blessing he is to have a wonderful wife. Listen, God has blessed you with a gift if you're married this morning. Whether your relationship is struggling or not, you are her protector. And Peter is telling men, live with their wives. Now I'm going to say this because as I read this, I couldn't help but think of it. And I thought it through. He is telling men to live with their wives. And I did some research on the internet to see statistically. Do you realize that 20% of marriages, people live apart? A husband lives over here and works, and a wife lives over here and works, and they see one another an average of one to two times a month. Many people live in different rooms in their home. They have come to the point now where their relationship is just friendship. She sleeps in this room and he sleeps in this room. They're not fulfilling their husband's role in the home and the wife is not either. Listen, my admonishment to you this morning is this. God has called you as men to lead your home and to be the protector, the provider, the spiritual leader of the home. If you've got to go to work somewhere long term, you take your wife and your family with you. You don't separate. You take your wife and your family and you move there wherever you've got to go to work. Your wife needs you. That's the way God designed it. And your kids need you. Your kids need to see a father figure in their home. Pick your family up and take them with you if you're going to be gone long term. Now I understand that this is not acceptable in every situation. 
Young people, if you're going into the military, I would, I would admonish you not to get married till you get out of the military or get settled down to where you're going to be somewhere because like 90% of military people are divorced because their husband is away for a year. It's not to God's design. He meant for them to be there together. There's Scripture in the Old Testament that even supported that if your husband is in the military, that he is not to leave for service for one year so that you can build relationship with your wife. We need to make sure that we are fulfilling our part as husbands. Yes, making the money is important, but that's not our only role in the family. They are the number one ministry that God has given you. You want to serve Christ, you serve your family. You are the one who is to disciple your children and your wife. That is your number one ministry. And if you're not doing that, how can you serve God in other ministries? Because she is the weaker vessel. That is the way God made things. She may think that she is fine without you, but God desires that you care for her and that you nurture her and that you begin to know who she is emotionally in and out. The husband's responsibility in the home is the relationship. The knowledge of God revealed through his action. The knowledge that you have of God and His will for your life and your relationship is revealed through the actions in which you have. Your relationship with God as a believer and follower of Jesus Christ is a direct result of how you treat your spouse, your wife. A strong man is a serving man. A strong man is a promise keeper. He will never use the word divorce and he never threatens to leave. We see the husband's role in the relationship. But secondly, we also see the husband's role in companionship. He says in the last part of the verse this, And show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. We as men are called to honor our wives. We are to be companions with them. Because they are not only God's gift to us, we are joined together in one flesh, if you remember. This reason man shall leave his mother and father and they shall become one flesh. This is what God has designed marriage to be. A one flesh relationship. And we are both, men and women are undeserving of the heirs of the grace of life. But we as believers are both brothers and sisters in Christ. You look at your wife, that's your sister in Christ. Because this is a momentary marriage. As John Piper wrote a wonderful book describing this momentary marriage. How can we live in this life together in marriage and love as a representation of Jesus Christ in His church? Because when we get to heaven, we won't be married to that woman. We'll be worshiping our King together. Now, many might take this passage to think that Peter is talking about unbelieving women. But that was most likely not the idea because during this culture, if a man would have come to Christianity, his wife and his children would have most likely followed him. And so, we are to respect our wives. And you know deep down inside of your own heart if you're doing that today. If you're watching stuff on TV that makes your wife feel like she's not good enough, you're not respecting your wife. You're not honoring her. If you're looking at photos of trashy women and even going as far as to hang them up on the wall 
where she can see him blatantly, you're not respecting your wife. You may think it's innocent, but it's disrespectful to her and a dishonor to your king. They are our sister in Christ. And God has given us a gift to live with them, to serve them, and to enjoy them, to work together with them, to learn who they are, to learn their emotions, to learn their needs physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And so we need to make efforts in honoring them with a constant knowledge of who she is. And that starts with our relationship with Jesus Christ. I would never send you out of these doors expecting that you could live your lives without the hope of Jesus Christ. You men cannot serve your wives as Christ loves the church without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't do it in yourselves. You would go crazy. You would work yourselves to death to try to please. Because you're not trying to please your wife, you're trying to please your king. That's our purpose. And so don't try to do it on your own. No, try to rely on the power of Jesus Christ. We need to learn to enjoy them as if we were dating them again. Everybody just stop for a moment in your mind. And you look back. Some of you are a lot further back than some others. But you think about the time when you courted your wife. You wanted to know everything about her. And I bet some of you sat here on the phone. You sleep yet? No. You? What are you doing? Nothing. We just wanted to hear their voice. We had this desire to be with them. So what has happened? What has happened? Rob and I were talking and discussing this passage yesterday, and we were talking about the movie Fireproof. And if you remember, there was a part in this movie that talked about studying your wife and becoming a better husband. See, we go to college to learn, to grow. And then when we get our bachelor's degree, we want to learn more, and so we go get our master's degree. And then when we get our master's degree, we want to get our doctorate. Well, listen, some of you have stopped at high school when you got married. Instead of trying to grow and learn who your wife is and get your bachelor's degree, and then get your master's degree, and then get your doctorate, and then hopefully we'll be with Jesus after that. But that's what they were talking about in this movie. Do you care enough about your wife to study her as you do your king? Do you care enough about her to find out what she needs? You know, whichever way a tree is leaning, that is the way it will fall. I know that from proof. I had a tree fall on my house the other day. And the wind was blowing and it blew one over on the house and it blew two other, you know, about this angle right here and one was hanging over the roof of the house. And I didn't want that tree to fall on the house and so we had to take action and so we called somebody to come out and figure out how we could get that tree cut down without it hitting the roof. Now, I wasn't in that process. I don't want to think that hard. But sometimes we as men need to evaluate which way we are leaning. Are we leaning towards a fruitful marriage? Or are we leaning towards destruction? 
If you're wise, you will begin to look at your relationship with Jesus Christ. To find out what you can do to save your home before the tree falls and causes destruction. Gary Thomas said this, and I quote, I don't believe couples fall out of love. I believe couples fall out of repentance. How true is that? One problem after another problem after another problem after another problem stacks up until the tree is leaning so far that it looks like it's impossible for it not to hit the house. But as they climbed up that tree or up in that bucket, they cut that tree strategically so it didn't fall on the house. And we need to go to God in prayer and repent for we as husbands have failed to love our wives as Christ has loved the church. My heart pours out to the married people in our church and in our community and in our nation and across this world that are struggling. That have unhappy homes. Listen. If you will work on your companionship with Jesus Christ first, God can change your heart and give you the love that you had once for that woman that you're with. She is in need of forgiveness just like you are. The question is, are we man enough to forgive? Some of us men are so prideful we can't move. We're shackled with pride. And all she needs is your forgiveness and your encouragement Listen, and we're not the perfect husbands. We're far from ever being one. Because no matter how great our marriages are, they're tainted with sin. They're imperfect. And we can all improve on growing closer to God and becoming better husbands, men. You honor her as a sister in Jesus Christ. Some of us men honor our wives less than we honor our sisters in the church. We give more honor to other men's wives than we do our own. Because we hurt the very ones we love the most. You see, you can hide it from me, you can hide it from somebody else, but you can't hide it from your wife. She knows who you are. My wife knows who I am. She knows my faults. She's my helper. She points them out for me. And I encourage her to do that. You honor her as a sister in Christ. Now, if you know she's not a believer, then you treat her in the way God commands you to do. By honoring her and respecting her, and you will get her attention. Hexie says this, So that prayers will not be hindered. Peter finally states, A husband's prayers will be hindered if this model is not adopted. I'm finding that many things in this life can hinder our prayer life. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't think he's saying that when we pray to God, our, our prayers don't reach heaven's doors. But if you're not honoring your wife and your relationship is not where it should be with Christ, and you are not experiencing the joy of the Lord, the last thing you will want to do is pray. Because pushing your problems away is the easiest way to get rid of them. That's why a divorce is like 50% or higher nowadays. 
Because it's easier to push the problem away instead of praying and going before God and saying, God, I've not fulfilled my role as a husband. And my duty is to you. My service is to you because this is what you've called me to do. I think what he's saying is this, is that when we live in this lifestyle, disobedient to the Word, we will not have the inclination to pray. And we can't forget that the prayers of a righteous man accomplishes much. You who are in Jesus Christ have been given power through prayer. Don't fold on the problems. Pray about them. Have faith that God can really change your marriage. You know, there's something wonderful. I went to college with a brother of mine, Stephen Moore. Married, young age, in college, divorced. In college, he got divorced. Years later, he found the Lord. He went back to school and he wanted to become a preacher. A man of God that knows the Word. And just a couple months ago, he got reunited with his first wife. And they retied the knot. And there is something wonderful about that. Because that is the picture of Jesus Christ in the church. Jesus Christ has placed a covenant with His church. He will never break His covenant. It doesn't matter how sinful you are. You won't be in that condition for long if you're truly a believer and follower of Jesus Christ. But you're never too far gone to repent and turn back to God. And no marriage is too far gone to turn back and be reunited in the image of Christ in the church. You seek God in His forgiveness and He will begin to live and begin to live with your wife with the knowledge of God's will for your life. And you be a servant of your King. Listen, I won't promise you that your duties to your wife will make her a better wife. That's not my job nor your job. That's God's job. But your promise to her is to do the will of the Father and to love your wife as Christ loved the church, dying to yourself. Christ submitted to the Father. The question is, will you submit to the Word of God? Because it calls you to honor, to love, and respect your wife as the weaker vessel. As I was doing my worship, you know, a lot of times I do my worship, praise and worship in the office because I lose my voice preaching. And so I get in here and Wayne and all of y'all do these wonderful songs and I have to sing again. And then my voice is really gone. But I was listening to some worship this morning and there was a song by Sanctus Real. It's called Lead Me. I've heard this song before, but I never heard the message. And what a perfect message it is for this service today. These are the words. It says this, I look around and see my wonderful life. Almost perfect from the outside. In picture frames, I see my beautiful wife, always smiling, but on the inside. Oh, I can hear her saying, lead me with strong hands. Stand up when I can't. Don't leave me hungry for love, chasing dreams. But what about us? Show me you're willing to fight, that I'm still the love of your life. I know we can call this our home, but I still feel alone.
I see their faces. They look in their innocent eyes. They're just children from the outside. I'm working hard. I tell myself they'll be fine. They're independent, but on the inside. Oh, I can hear them saying, lead me with strong hands. Stand up when I can't. Don't leave me hungry for love, chasing dreams. What about this? Show me you're willing to fight, that I'm still the love of your life. I know we call this our home, but I still feel alone. So Father, you see the, the, the ticket, now it's switched. Because now he understands where he goes to to fix the problem. He says, so Father, give me strength to be everything I'm called to be. Oh Father, show me the way to lead them. My wife, my children. To lead them with strong hands to stand up when they can't. Don't want to leave them hungry for love, chasing things that I could give up. I'll show them I'm willing to fight and give them the best life so we can call this our home. Lead me, because I can't do this alone. Father, lead me, because I can't do this alone. That's our prayer. Men, we have to ask the Father to lead us, because we can't be men of God alone. Let us pray. Father, we love you, Lord. We do thank you for who you are. We thank you for your work on the cross at Calvary, giving us the ability to conquer sin, to live lives that would bring honor and glory to you, to the people around us, to the community, to the nations across this world. And I pray today, God, that you would reunite marriages within our church to be godly examples, to love one another as God calls them to love, to help us as men to be the leaders of our home and the leaders of our family. For this is our first ministry. God, we love you and we thank you for today and we ask this in the name of Jesus.